This episode of Burn the Haystack is sponsored, somewhat ironically, by The Haystack. The Haystack is a voice for young adults in the Seventh-day Adventist Church that produces articles, music reviews, videos, and more. To check them out, go to thehaystack.org. The Haystack, life, culture, theology. Greetings, citizens of planet Earth. I am a alien named Jesse. And I am an alien named Josh. And we are here today to talk to the Wii Movies crowd. For they are the obvious smartest people on the planet of the Earth. They have graciously accepted our invitation as to become supreme rulers of this podcast for one show only. <laughs> Welcome to the human haystack. <laughs> Welcome back to Burn the Haystack with Josh and Jesse. I'm Jesse. And I'm Josh. And this is a conversation where we help you save the best and burn the rest of your culture and faith practices. Mm. And we have some laughs along the way. Of course. It's all about the laughs and the gaffs and the goofs and the memes. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I just say things. They pop into my head and I say them. Yep. So... I've had a, I've had a, you know, a recent trip, as you know, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. to um, to uh, to Australia, mm-hmm. and I watched so many movies on those flights. What did you watch, uh, Josh? Well, I watched Wreck It Ralph two. Ah, Ralph yes. breaks the internet. Um, and it was uh, it was surprising. Well, I liked it. I don't know. I, I know a lot of people didn't like it. There were scenes in it I didn't like, but. Man, there were a couple of scenes in there, and I'm like, "This is amazing! I am <laughs> loving this so much." How does it stack up it was versus great. the uh, the first one? I think the first one was better. The first one was more video gamey. This one was mm. definitely more like internet based. Ah, uh, okay. So they're like trying just, to touch on a different theme slightly. Y- yeah, yeah. Um, what else? I watched Bumblebee, which was uh, pretty rubbish. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Some cool action scenes, and that's about it. Have there really been any good Transformers movies since the first Transformers movie? You know, I don't I don't feel like I'm qualified to answer that question. Mm, yeah, no. I mean, there's been a lot of Transformers movies. Like like respect to them. They pump them out like almost every yeah. other year. I don't think I've seen the last two. No. Nah. I think I think I've just watched the first one and the second one. Wait, were there four? Yeah, I think there were four. Maybe no, and I think I watched it. No, I think I did watch the third one. Was there a trilogy? I think it was a trilogy, and then Mark Wahlberg came on, and then that was that's the new one, the new trilogy or whatever. Right, I haven't seen that. I haven't seen that. Oh, yeah, no, I haven't seen the one with Mark Wahlberg. But the latest one, Bumblebee, um, it was different, but I don't know. It just felt like, eh. Hmm. I liked it because it was set in the eighties, and I've been like really into the eighties lately. Okay, so some of that eighties nostalgia coming through. Yeah, yeah, I thought that was cool. Yeah, um, like the outfits and everything, and like I don't know some of the songs and everything in it. I was like, oh yeah, <laughs> um, yeah, and uh, I, I tr- yeah, I don't know what else I watched. I'm trying to remember. No, I don't remember. Oh, I tried to watch War of the Planet of the Apes because I've kept trying to watch that on flights because I keep forgetting that it's there. Mm. So this, so I made it half an hour in the first time. 
Then the th- second time I made it another half hour in. And then this time I made it and there's 20 minutes left on it to watch. <laughs> and I'm so frustrated. I can't find it anywhere to watch. <laughs> so anyway, I've almost finished War of the Planet of the Apes too. But anyway. I wish I could contribute to like, oh yeah, I watched this great movie the other day. But I think the last movie I actually watched was um, the Netflix movie, Isn't It Romantic? I think that's what it's called, starring Rebel Wilson. <laughs> I watched that recently too. <laughs> Married life. <laughs> yep, that's the only reason. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that was... Uh, that was something. That ha- it happened. It uh, it was a film, I it, think. It was, yep. <laughs> yep. <laughs> oh my gosh. Yeah, Um. I think, um. is it Lima Hemsworth? That was the, the, the main guy in that one. Um, yeah. He was he was kind of funny when he because um, they have this weird switch over. He has an American accent, then he has then he goes back to just being Australian. That was fun. I thought. You'd, yeah. w- when do you see any of the Hemsworth brothers actually be Australian? Yeah, and I was like, he's actually it's it's actually an Australian on screen with yeah. actual Australian, not an American or something pretending to be Australian with a horrible accent. How it was weird nice is that? And refreshing. Yeah, yeah. I was like, Australians. it's not like there's no Australian actors. There's heaps. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, oh well, it it wasn't it wasn't the finest of movie experiences, but these are the things that you do when you want to uh, make the the wife uh, happy and content and all that sort of stuff. It's a small price to pay, I suppose, at the end of the day. Well, I mean, I can't completely blame it on uh, on my wife. I was I was mildly intrigued. <laughs> I was like, you know what? I mean, I'm never going to watch it by myself, but uh, you know, uh, maybe it'll be good. Maybe it's just the, uh, the 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 having the wife is like the cover for us to be able to indulge in these guilty <laughs> pleasures of a movie that you could never justify, you know. Like, let's be honest. Maybe maybe it's just we say these things when, in actual fact, we did watch the movie ourselves, and we just don't want to admit it. Maybe we watched it together, <laughs> and nobody will know. Oh, that's horrible. Just you and me. Oh, yep. yep. Could I, uh, mate? Couldn't think of a better thing that I'd want to do with you than than watch. Isn't it romantic with my buddy Josh? Well, I can think of a better thing we we could have done. What's that, Josh? We could interview the guys from We Movies. We Movies, not you movies, not I no. movies. No, We Movies. Ah, We Movies. Oh my gosh, I don't know how much I can keep that up. Um, yeah, no, so we had today Jordan and Scotty from We Movies, which is a brand spanking new podcast. Well, it's about uh, two or three months old at this point. They've been pumping them out for, uh, for a couple of months. and Yeah, um, real solid. Yeah, yeah, they, they've been a uh, really good release schedule, which is really key when you're starting out a podcast. But uh, as the title may suggest, they are a film and TV-focused podcast. Uh, and yeah, they're quite good. They're quite good. I, I'm, I quite enjoy it. I, I don't listen to many film and, and TV podcasts, but, uh, but I, as far as film and TV podcasts go, they're my favorite because they're literally the only one that I listen to. <laughs> what a compliment. Yeah. What an absolute honor you have bestowed. <laughs> uh, no, but we have a great chat today about... Um, Christian movies, um, about movies that are Christian in, I guess, title and genre, and then title uh, movies that aren't really Christian in title or genre, but are Christian because of what they teach. Hmm. Yeah. yeah. Um, so, yeah, really fascinating conversation from guys who know a lot more about film than I do, um, but I, yeah, I learned so much. 
Yeah, me too. So, look, this was a fun episode, you guys. I know that you're going to enjoy it. If you like movies, if you want to know why a lot of Christian movies are so terrible, we discuss all of that and more in our conversation with Jordan and Scotty. Let's go. Well, on the podcast today, we are super lucky to have not just one, but two guests. Um, Scotty Woo. and Jordan, welcome to the podcast. Hey guys, I'm Scotty. And I'm Jordan. And we are We, we Movies. Movies. That was oh. so lame. <laughs> was that, was oh. that rehearsed? I love that. Was that rehearsed? <laughs> no. No, not at all. Not at all. Shut up, Scotty. Not at all. Oh, that is I love how I can not say anything and still get a shut up. <laughs> <laughs> well, hey, I'm so excited to have you guys on the podcast. Um, just so that you guys all know, uh, our dear listeners out there, uh, we went to we went to Avondale College together, Scotty, Jordan, and Josh. We were all kind of there at the same time. So this is really an awesome privilege to be able to, to chat again. Um, but can you I guys... hope you're releasing this on Thursday next week. Why? So it's because it's a throwback Thursday, man. Come on. Oh yeah. Oh, well, we have to all have haystacks. If people want to listen to it on Thursday, they are more than welcome <laughs> to. <laughs> um, but hey, can you guys uh, give us a quick introduction? Maybe if we start with you, Scotty. Who are you? Tell us a little bit about yourself, and then um, if you guys could tell us a little bit about We Movies, that would be lit. I am Nathaniel Scotty Bryan, um, and I do a podcast with Jordan. Um, <laughs> I'm a Seventh Day Adventist. I've uh, I originally lived in Scotland. I moved over to Australia in 2004, and I've been living here since. Um, nice. I just was, want to make a quick class. note. If anybody is wondering, Scotty, as you said, your name is Nathaniel. Why do people call you Scotty? <laughs> uh, I think three minutes after I got off the plane, people call me Scotty because I'm from Scotland. That's, that's it. That's the reason. <laughs> <laughs> so creative. Casual Australian racism. <laughs> Good-natured, Aussie, fun-loving racism. Yep. <laughs> uh, that's cool. Um, and, Scotty, what did you study at, uh, at Avondale and what sort of your life been like since Avondale? Because it's been a few years since we've been out in the real world. Yeah, so I um, never knew exactly. Well, I, I knew what I wanted to study and I never managed to actually study it. I wanted to do creative writing, so I did graphic design, <laughs> creative arts at um, <laughs> Avondale and then I quit because it for many reasons, mostly because it wasn't really what I wanted to be studying. Um, and I hate journalism, which is most of what it was. <laughs> um, so then I, I left and then I, a couple of years ago, I studied at TAFE doing sound engineering. So I now am qualified to operate a PA system like every 12 year old. And um, yeah, that's what I'm doing now. Now I've moved to Sydney. I used to live in Victoria. That's, that's my life. Cool. 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 Um, Jordan, how about you, mate? Was a um wow. Where do I begin? Uh, well, first of all, I was born in Sydney, and my mother is a principal, and my father was a sales rep. So we moved around a lot. I moved and lived in New Zealand. I've lived across pretty much almost every single state in Australia, uh, and now I've pretty much wound up back in New South Wales, uh, just doing a lot of stuff in film, TV, movies, all that kind of stuff. Cool. You have another career, a side career. <laughs> a side career uh yeah the main the day job is what you're saying yeah yeah the day job i am a food process worker for the sda church i'm not going to tell you which one to work for <laughs> just in case <laughs> just in case he comes back to bite me in case i like let a give give away a freudian slip or something like that um <laughs> but but yeah that's the day job and but my passion is in film mm. 
So well, can you tell awesome. us a little bit about what some of the projects that you've been involved in? You don't have to name names or anything, but what sort of stuff have you been involved in over the years? Because I know you have done quite a bit. Yeah, I've, I've done a little bit. I've, I've dabbled uh, in a lot of different areas in film. Um, I started out mostly doing acting, actually. Uh, studied acting for a couple of years at ScreenWise Australia down in Sydney. Uh, awesome, awesome group. If you want to actually get in on the ground floor as an actor, it's a great place to start. Um, and after that, I just kind of floated around. I was a, a personal assistant on the set of a film called Lovers Now, which was a great experience for me. Uh, and I've also done extras and PA work on a couple of Australian television shows here and there. Uh, and that, I mean, I went to Avondale College as well with you, with you guys, uh, and I studied film and media there um, back when it was an actual thing at Avondale. I don't think it's current anymore. Oh, we could go into... We could yeah. go into the struggles currently going on Avondale. That, that's probably a podcast <laughs> in itself. That's, that's probably, uh, yeah. Well, let's not talk about Avondale. Um, but yeah, after that, um, I graduated and um, I've been doing similar stuff between here on the Central Coast and Sydney ever since. Sweet. Mm. Sweet. Um, wow. So tell, tell us a little bit about uh, We Movies. This is a podcast all about film and, and TV. How did that how did that project start and sort of what's the vision well, behind it? Jordan and I have been thinking about doing something, something a bit bigger for a while now. And basically we needed something consistent in our lives just to keep us talking to each other, basically. That's just a good <laughs> excuse. It's a, it's a great excuse to just, uh, just yeah, to hang out with, with you know, my friend Scotty. Um, but it's also like we both have this passion for film. Uh, we're both Seventh-day Adventists. Uh, and we we both want to see more of that in in our belief, I guess, coming forward. Um, but ultimately, we just love watching art play out on a on a film screen. And I love triggering Jordan from time to time as well. Yes, yes he does. <laughs> I am. I'm. I'm going to warn you right now. I am an easy mark. Okay. <laughs> I've I've learned to actually tone it down because it's almost too easy. <laughs> Yeah, I, your first I can confirm. I have played video games with Jordan many a time over the years, <laughs> and card games, and card games, and board games. Yeah. Yep. So, yeah. <laughs> I think you're not as bad as you used to be. You no, know, like, but I'm still the personification of triggered. <laughs> <laughs> Just hashtag triggered. We always know where we are with Jordan, which is a good thing. Yeah. <laughs> I'm an open. I'm an open book. I'm an open book. <laughs> oh, that's awesome! So lay lay us down a little bit. Just just want to dig in more with the with the podcast for those who haven't listened to it. Um, how do you generally do each episode? Is each episode just focused on one movie or a group group of movies? Well, or? we've we've actually kind of we've split our time a little bit here and there. So sometimes there will be a lot of hype for a, a new release film, and we'll go, okay, we got to go see that and kind of give our opinions of it. Um, and then other times we go like, what's a film that we really enjoyed either as kids or young adults and let's go back, see if it's stood the test of time and take a look at that. And sometimes we just sit down and we, we get an urge to just kind of ramble on, on a certain topic and we just sit down and record that. One of our most recent podcasts, I think it's one of our best podcasts actually, is we talk to look at about 15 or so recent movies that have had a tremendous uh, influence on cinema recently. And, um, if you want to listen to our podcast, that's probably a very good one to start with. Um, but most of our podcasts are generally talking about one movie. Um, most of these movies are usually current. So, for example, the Oscars were recent. So we've got done a lot of Oscar movies. Um, and, yeah. 
And we've also done kind of a summary of the Oscars and what we think of them or what, you know, the general consensus of some of these movies are. Uh, and we've just condensed a lot of that kind of stuff into one or two episodes here or there. Even though we're mm. Christian, we have minimized our amount of Christian details in our podcast, even though I think it's pretty obvious we are Christian once you get down to the nitty and gritty. But um, mostly just because we want to have a more general audience. But at the same time, we have been thinking like more and more about moral influences on our in the movies as in particular. So, yeah. And also audiences as well. We love to take a look at what the audience thinks of films uh, and how they've changed as well over the last 20 or 30 or, or so years from where we used to be. Like what, what did audiences hold up to a high moral standard? Uh, what did they hold movies up to back then and how that's changed between then and now. And it's actually quite easy to see with Christian movies because um, how mainstream Christian movies used to be as, composed, as opposed to which they are now. Even I think maybe in the 70s is when it started to die out, but there used to actually be Christian movies in mainstream theaters. It's mm. just society's mm. changed. Interesting. All right, well, I think we're going to come back to that. But before that, I have a question that's burning in my heart that I need to ask and I think everybody <laughs> needs to know. Here we go. Um, would you rather watch Star Wars episode one, two, or eight? I would rather watch episode one of those three. Yeah, I agree. Episode one all the way. Ooh, I love why? me some. I, I love me some Darth Maul, man. I love me some Darth Maul. The pod oh. racing scene is not that bad. Like, <laughs> there's no because that's pod racing. Um, yeah, exactly. <laughs> well done, Scotty. <laughs> Perfect line drop. Um, no, that's the thing, though. The prequels have this quotability. Even if they're not necessarily the best of movies, you can enjoy them for what they are. And they're cheesy oh, yeah. as all get out. Like, ugh, I don't like sand. It's coarse and rough and <laughs> gets see, everywhere. The, episode two is worse than episode one. Oh, yeah. For the best reasons. Yeah. There's a lot of debate about in my family between one and two, but I, both my brother and I outweigh the argument and the rest of my family is like, no, one is way is better. Is that because <laughs> episode one is more enjoyable to watch, do you think? or Because I know that episode two is... It can be meandering in so many parts of the political stuff and, you know, when Anakin and Padme are on that planet somewhere and they're just romping (laughs) Episode 2 doesn't commit as much. So when episode 1 does the political stuff, it does it all the way. Whereas with episode 2 came out, the the response to all those things have been like, and like Jar Jar and stuff have just been so terrible that it took a a lot of it out. It's a very lukewarm movie in a lot lot of its ideas, episode 2. And then it's a Mm. massive CGI fest. Episode 2 is is historical in the fact that it's the very first movie that um, is completely CGI. Like there's oh. except for the main actors, yeah. yeah. Um, so it was completely done on a soundstage over here in Australia. Actually, 20th Century Fox had built a soundstage earlier on, like two years before, I think it was. And Star Wars was like the very first big franchise that actually filmed there um, in the studio. It's thanks to them that um, a lot of movies such as Avatar and Lord of the Rings off actually borrowed a lot of technology from uh, the prequels. Mm. So. Um, Without well. these terrible movies, we wouldn't have had excellent movies. So there's that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's true. But I think we can all safely agree that none of us want to watch eight ever again. No. <laughs> there are some fun edits out there of episode eight, um, which cut a lot. I'm actually hanging out for maybe an extended version because I feel like there's at least 45 minutes of footage that has been cut out of episode eight that it probably needs to be a cohesive film. And I'm like, mm. there should be another 45 minutes taken out of episode eight to make well, it that's cohesive. that's what I'm saying. Like you swap <laughs> the it. The casino go, scene. Let's take those out and let's put the other stuff back in. Uh-huh. <laughs> and also the dialogue. There are some terrible dialogue decisions in that movie. <laughs> like that, that's the thing. Prequels have terrible dialogue decisions, but you can quote it and it's enjoyable. 
Whereas episode eight, maybe it's too current, maybe it's just still at the back of our heads, but some of that dialogue is so grating. It just destroys. Like, that's the problem with Rogue One as well. It's like Rogue One's not that bad a movie, but there's some dialogue in it that just makes me cringe so badly. Mm. <laughs> okay, well, you guys have passed the test in my books, so I think we're Beautiful. okay to continue. Okay, awesome. <laughs> We have moral cinematic credence. That's good to know. <laughs> I, it's so funny hearing you guys talk about this because like, I feel like out of the four of us, I'm like the one who is least invested in Star Wars Episode Eight, which I, I always find very, I, I always find very interesting when we have these conversations because I've never been like a huge Star Wars fan. I know that like that, that triggers people a lot, but like I feel like, <laughs> I don't know. I feel like at, at some point as a human being, you have to choose between are you a Lord of the Rings person or are you a Star Wars person? And as much as... Why not both? Yeah, I, <laughs> Por no. que no los dos? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. No. <laughs> do you, do, do, does New Zealand have those ads? The um, El, uh, yes. uh, El, yes, El Paso. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. Great. Good. So that, that I little... I feel like every, uh, everyone in the world at this stage has those ads because they're so good. Excellent. They are really good. But do you guys really think that you can have both? Like, can you love Star Wars and Lord of the Rings equally? Is Hell that even yeah. possible? How? Hell yeah. yeah. Hell yeah. Well, uh, it's just, I mean, the I think Lord they're the actually Rings. both great examples of hero cycles and um Well, let's talk building. about, like, I mean, to be honest, both films follow a certain set structure of uh, the, the classic Greek hero's journey. Yes. So a lot of these films, like, and The Matrix does it as well. Uh, and basically, almost every single blockbuster that you see now, or Iron, at least Iron trying, Man did at least it. they're trying to do it. Like they're um, at least trying to do yeah, it. Yeah, and it's always been that hero's journey of you know, hero is in a very comfortable place, but wants something more. He's being challenged by an outside force, uh, and he desires something else that's outside of the situation that he's in. He goes on a journey of self-discovery, and you know, ragtag group of people follow him or her along with it, and he finds that he comes back to that familiar situation having changed because of the events of the previous you know, hour and a half or, or two hours or however long the film is. So a lot of these films kind of deal with, with very similar themes as we go through them. Yeah. Um, dead <laughs> Scott, air. Scott, you had a mind blank. <laughs> I, no, I, I had a thought and then that thought destroyed me. Um, <laughs> it's, like, it's like I was a fish. I caught onto this bait and then it just dragged right to my brain and I was dead. Um, <laughs> Oh. No, um, I think a lot of modern cinema has this thing where they actually have a strong Christian moral message at, hidden behind um, what pop culture has become, mm. which I think is an interesting thought. But also, it's actually quite a shame because a lot of people have crushed Christian morals and don't realize where these Christian morals have come from. And I actually think they're being influenced by society which is being influenced by christianity which is kind of interesting mm. and we did we we talked about this on that 15 films that have changed the world podcast, yeah, episode podcast. that we did before where we talked about some of these films and a lot of the good films that we see nowadays tend to have that common thread of very high ethics and very high morality tied with just really great storytelling um and then a lot of the bad films are very dismissive of those ethics and moralities and in favor of you know fun images or great fight scenes or just cgi mm. um which like i don't necessarily like i see the appeal sometimes to just switch the brain off and just accept what's happening but at the same time i feel like especially if you're a christian going to the film it's it's you know there's a line there that you got to be careful not to cross mm. um i think mm. i mean we're talking about main blockbusters here there are other movies out there which have almost the opposite effect where they show terrible 
immoral things, but they're showing it because they're terrible and immoral to point out the why these things are terrible. Mm. And I think a lot of modern audiences, not just Christian audiences, miss that and they revel in this debauchery that's on screen when it's actually trying to show how this stuff is wrong mm. and this stuff is terrible. and Or at least get discussions started, not just show, hey guys, this is what you should be doing. Yeah. yeah. I think I think Game of Thrones oh, is a really good example of that in in television at least, you know, because George R. R. Martin, um, the author of the the book series, has on many occasions through interviews and stuff um, expressed, well, no, I'm actually I don't actually love violence. I'm I'm more of a pacifist. I, I think war is terrible, and he, the whole point of him showing such violence and debauchery on on in in the books and then through the TV is is um, to, to illustrate how terrible war and violence are and to illustrate that actually it has really bad consequences. And I think, it's, it's, a, yeah. it's a great example of uh, how um, politics as well can be used in a negative light. I think that's one of the great things, in my opinion, of Game of Thrones is all the political mass nations that are going on and seeing how they can destroy a person, um, both the person it's aimed at and the person who's doing it. Because mm. And um, there's, well, there's another example as well that's one of my personal favorites, um, it's a film starring Leonardo DiCaprio called Wolf of Wall Street. And when that film, when that film came out, I went to see it with a, a group of people from college. Uh, and a lot of them who were very, very conservative didn't like the film because it portrayed sex, drug addiction as something that is attractive, that can draw you in uh, and then ultimately destroy you. And when I saw that film, I actually really liked that movie because it showed honestly what sex addiction and drug addiction really does to a person uh which is something that not a lot of audiences are kind of used to when you sit down to a film and expect to be entertained and instead you're actually showing something that's true it can really rub against the grain i feel of a lot of audiences yeah because i think most of us expect to see the hero's journey you don't see expect to see the hero's downfall on on screen mm. so when you see your main character being terrible and then suffering for it you get confused it's like hang on a sec He's just doing all this stuff. He's gone through his his troubles. Shouldn't he be getting becoming a good person by the end of it, having a moral credence by the end of it? But no, the, there are in modern film especially, which is great to see. Uh, you get to see people do terrible things and then suffer for it. I actually mm. think that's a really good thing and an important thing to be shown on cinema. Mm. Yeah. Oh yeah, I think that's a a pretty valid point. I think a lot of people write off um, a lot of. Yeah, a lot of things, even though they are actually saying a message we agree with, you know, like, but they so easily write it out because it's like, oh, no, that looks bad. You know what I mean? I, I yeah, don't yeah, know yeah. if that makes sense. Yeah, it's, it's a hard thing to gauge because like we as human beings, especially Christians, we feel like we're called to a higher standard of, of ethics and morality. And so it can be quite confronting when you come face to face with your own, you know, your own uh, things that cause you to downfall, you know, like uh, your own sins, mm. um, especially when it comes to sex addiction, drug addiction, uh, pornography, all that kind of other stuff. There was a film that came out uh, quite a number of years ago called uh, Don Juan, which dealt with pornography addiction. Uh, and it was very strongly received by, by critics, but audiences kind of just let it drop. Not a lot of people actually went to see it and it ultimately got pushed underneath the carpet of, of Hollywood. Um, and Nymphomaniac Part 1 and Part 2 had the same were the same thing. So, yeah. Uh, it, I mean, it, especially for Christian audiences, this ex ex excessive uh, film especially can be really hard to watch when a lot of it is actually having the moral message it's trying to put across is actually something we agree with. 
It's just yeah. something when you see it on the big screen, it's like ah. Um, well, I think that is quite a. I think that is quite a knee-jerk reaction, and you know, I think we all kind of, for those of us who grew up Christian, we kind of in the West at least, we all kind of had the same sort of experience growing up. You know, as you as you kind of grow into teenagehood, you kind of get more interested in more mature um, books and, and and television and 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 film, but like. There's always this, maybe it's a parental sort of thing, like, oh, no, you can't watch that. That's terrible. And yet mm-hmm. mm. we uh, we love to be able to, to, to encourage our children to read um, the Bible from a very early age, which you should. I'm not saying you shouldn't. But when I read the Bible, especially some of the Old Testament stuff, I see stuff that Kings, is just Chronicles. extreme and bloody and, and, and sexual and, and, and messed up as anything that you could really see on tv i i just yeah. think that's a really interesting dichotomy it is um especially like i mean we've got a film on this little list that scotty has written out of of like christian themed films um noah which uh was mm. it came out when was that out like 2012 or 13 i think yeah 2012 2013 and that film uh the uh, numerous churches around the world try to actually get it removed from cinemas because mm. they felt it was an affront to their religious organization. It wasn't correct. It wasn't right. It wasn't all of these other things. Um, I, however, came out of the cinema and I think I saw it with G- you, with you, Jesse. Yeah, yeah, I remember um, seeing it with you. Yeah, and we came out of the cinema and we had the complete opposite opinion because I f- th- this film took a lot of those little nuggets that were that were kind of just present in in the biblical story of noah expanded the themes of it and used the themes instead of the i guess the facts to Mm. tell the story um and that's one thing there's there's a quote by uh i think it might have been oscar wilde i'm not sure um where he talks about using falsehoods to tell truths um, and how so that sounds many... like Oscar Wilde. We've been trying to figure out who said this quote for a while. Yeah. We keep using it, but yeah, actually, it does sound like an Oscar Wilde quote. Um, but he he talks about how um, you know in politics they use facts to tell lies, and in Ooh. film or in or in writing in narrative we try to use lies to tell truth. I and mean, I parables are a great example of using lies to tell truth. Yeah, that's so interesting. Um, it is. It's it's incredibly fascinating. I think that's one of the the biggest reasons why I love film is the use of creativity to promote something that is truthful. Mm. Cool. Um, all right. So the, the reason the reason that we are here today, though, and you guys have yes. already alluded it to it a few times, is we are here to talk about everybody's favorite genre of movie, <laughs> the Christian movie. Um, the Christian movie. <laughs> and, and I think Christian movies do get a bad rap sometimes and, and perhaps for good reasons, perhaps uh, not for good reasons. Um, but I think there is one thing that a lot of people can agree on is that there are a lot of bad movies out there. There are also a lot of bad Christian movies. And I think a lot of people scratch their heads as to why a lot of Christian movies don't do well or are critically panned or you know don't get the notoriety that they deserve. So you guys, I mean, we've had conversations about this many, many times um, through uh, just late night talks or having watched a Christian movie together. Um, where would you guys like to start in, in this discussion? about? I'd oh, wow. I, I actually have a great place to start. Have, you, <laughs> have either of you seen Dark Dungeons? Oh, is that the, um, is that the thing about D&D? Dungeons and Dragons? That is the thing about D&D. I haven't seen it. I've seen a summary of it and it was hilarious. (laughs) It it is hilarious. Um, So this is a Christian-funded, Christian-made movie 
based on Jack T. Schick's, um, I don't, is it Chick? I don't know. Uh, I don't think it matters. He's a comic. He's a oh. comic book artist, and he made the comic b- yeah. book strip, which this is based on. I, yeah. I However, think, the I think, film. I think I, the reason I know this is because it was in a JonTron video. Yes, yes, it is in a JonTron video, it is. and his review is his video on is actually really good yeah, because he points out perfectly how the people making the movie were basically ha- parodying the actual story because th- there's there's a. There's hints of a lesbian subplot in this movie, which aren't in the actual script or, or anything. It's just anyway, it's it's really well done for all the wrong reasons. It's terrible but great. Um, See, I was I was actually shown at my day job um, where I, where I worked to actually get money. Uh, I was shown the trailer of this film by a friend of mine who is an atheist, uh, and he um, he made the an interesting comment where he's like. Uh, after the trailer had finished, because it's a hilariously bad trailer, he said, "Ah, oh, Christians are so effing stupid." And then he looked oh. over at me. He looked over at me, and then he went, "Oh, not not Christians like you, but those kinds of Christians." Oh, that's brutal. Oh. Oh, <laughs> um, man. How did you respond to you, that? Far out. Oh man, I I just laughed because unfortunately it is it is true. Like it, there there are Christians out there who believe that this kind of thing is a great way to reach people outside of the church and it it's really not it's quite dangerous actually what it it makes us into a joke i mean also this film is a joke like it's no, a make no joke. mistake the, this film is a joke it's, it's um, a hilarious joke but um i just thought i'd bring that up first so i i brought a few categories up um so i um i've br- basically i put these films into three categories jesus movies um mainstream movies that deal with christian topics and christian christian movies and i think that last top area is the one we want to talk about the most but i mean let's zoom through a couple of them like yeah, i mean yeah. i mentioned give Noah us, before a few, a few examples um of some of those there's stuff. also there's also another great one that i really like called silence which is martin scorsese again martin scorsese has a huge history in christian themed films he is uh, i think he's catholic he is a catholic um yes. so he has that's another unique aspect to Christianity and to filmmaking, which is key to bring up. But um, a lot of, yeah, a lot of his movies, um, The Last Temptation of Christ. Is that the Last one? Temptation of Christ, starring Willem Dafoe as as Jesus Christ. And um, Silence, they're both really good. Yeah, and he's also kind of, he's done several other Christian-type movies that deal with a lot of that stuff. We talked about The Wolf of Wall Street, which is another one that deals with a lot of uh, ethics and, and morality. A lot of his movies business. have a lot of met. I have a lot of moral standing in them. Yeah. Or like he does a lot of gangster movies basically because he shows the immorality of gangster lifestyle and how this is wrong. That's the main, I I believe that's the main impetus why he makes those movies. Well, in an interview for The Wolf of Wall Street, he actually said on the comments that that the church was making at the time on that film, he actually said, look, it's not a, it's not glorifying this. It's actually showing the dangers of what can happen if you let this stuff rule your life. Mm. Another a couple of mainstream movies like that deal with Christianity, um, uh, Exodus, Gods and Kings. I mean, Ridley Scott. First of all, he's he's an atheist director who he is. He 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 hates Christianity. But we'll be honest about it. Yeah, um, he does not have anything good to say about about Christianity whatsoever. Um, I think a couple of other movies. Uh, first Reformed came out last year. First Reformed, yeah. Uh, and then a couple like ten years ago now, Doubt came out. There's a lot of movies, unfortunately, that deal. Like Spotlight, I think a lot of mainstream Christian movies unfortunately have to deal with negative issues, which is to do with child abuse and stuff like that, which is a shame. And I also think a lot of that, though, comes from the perspective of, you know, seeing the church kind of try to sweep this kind of stuff under the rug 
and push past it instead of actually dealing with it head on. And so a lot of like film in general tends to put a spotlight on these little dark areas of society where we can look at and take it under the microscope and see what it's really about. Mm. That said, there are some positives. So uh, one of my favorite animated movies of all time is Prince of Egypt, Amen. which is a I was I mean, hoping, that's a fan. I was hoping you yeah. were going to mention the Prince of Egypt because I think that movie is an absolute masterpiece. It is. It's 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 a hidden gem, I feel. Um it's just it's it's a great film not just from an animated perspective but also from a narrative perspective and from a musical perspective. So it, it does the, everything great. And the voice acting as well. Ray I think Fiennes a lot of and uh, Tim oh, what's his name? Don't know. Can't uh, remember. From Kiss Kiss Bang Bang. From Kiss Kiss. It's not Tim. What are you talking what's about? What's his name? I don't know, but it's not Tim. It can't be Tim. Okay. Anyway, um, I'm already triggered. Yeah. No, I always forget his name. He's also in Tombstone. He's in Val Kilmer. That's Val him. Kilmer. Anyway, oh, Val, Val Kilmer. Val Kilmer. Is he? Yeah. Cut he the rest play? of that. Moses. Cut the rest of it. He's he's Moses. Yeah. Okay. And then um, you've got um, what's his name? Thingo from um, who plays Ramses. Ray Fiennes. Ray Fiennes. Yeah. yeah. Ray, Ray Fiennes. Voldemort. Be, yeah. Voldemort. Yeah. <laughs> we get yeah. Voldemort to play. That's crazy. Ramses. Yeah. That's it. I mean, that's a great movie. I also. I made a massive topic of Jesus movies because most movies about Jesus are really good because Jesus is just a great topic to talk about. And he's just, <laughs> I mean, Jesus is Jesus. Yeah. It's kind of like even the, even the, even the Christian films that we tend to talk about, uh, that are not great tend to be at least possible when Jesus is involved with the narrative. Okay. Yeah. So I, I just made a list. So what, there's the classic, the greatest story ever told from the 60s, was it the 50s? Ancient, anyway, it's ancient, but it's great. We've got the Passion of Christ. Uh, there's the animated, well, it's stop motion, uh, the Miracle Maker from 99, oh, which is yeah. really good. And oh, I've then, never heard of that. The Miracle Maker is really good. I remember that, watching that, really... and I was a little bit scarred because I think I watched it a little bit too young. <laughs> <laughs> um, I must have been like eight or nine or something, and my parents got given this like this disc to mm -hmm. play. Uh, from the local church, I think they were like uh, it was a free thing that they were doing back in the day, um, and I sat down and watched it, and it scared the hell out of me because there's scenes where like I mean it's stop motion for example like uh, stop motion a lot of the times is not fun to watch sometimes. Oh, there's, like, <laughs> uh, the, the ancient, there's the old Christian um, animated series uh, Testament, I think it's called, where it was a whole bunch of different for forms of animation, yeah. and they're really scary, but they're really actually quite good. Mm. Uh, the, the, the one about um, King David especially, I can clearly remember, it's actually really good. So that's another highlight. But, um, I mean, we've we, there's so many of them, so many Jesus movies. Um, the Son of God came out several years ago, Nativity Story. Um, I mean, the Nativity Story has been told almost every single year at Christmas time by somebody different, like a different production company takes it on and does something different with it. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah, they did definitely. like an animated talking animal film a while ago about it. Um, which <laughs> of course is they weird. did. Um, There's but, an old one from the 80s, which it has, uh, I, I can just remember it because it's about a kid, a, a little shepherd boy going through the nativity story, but it has um, uh, Sweet Dreams Are Made Of These as its theme song, which is hilarious. <laughs> oh. <laughs> That's great. Yeah. And it's um, a Christian story. It's hilarious. Yeah. But one of the films that I, I, I want to talk about is um, Denis Villeneuve's Arrival, which came out a couple of years ago. Yeah. Ah, yes, um, the great, the great Christian movie. Yes, the great, the the one that I tend to put up on that pedestal a lot. Um, <laughs> it's it is honestly one of my favorite films of of that year, um, and it it deals with this unconditional love of a parent to a child that is I don't think 
anything I've ever seen has actually come close in cinema to portraying something so pure um, and also something so strong uh, and something that is so tied down to my own personal beliefs. I think um, Arrival works for a lot of reasons. However, the reason we bring it up in terms of a Christian perspective is the fact that um, these aliens in this movie, their thought process, this, uh, the way they are working outside of time yeah. is a great way to see God um, because he, because oh. as humans, I think a lot of the time we, we put God in our own, um, our own boxes, our own categories. God is, must be like this because we're like this, where God is so much greater than that. And I think um, one of the great things about Arrival is you could actually see these things couldn't be worked out and, and it's about communicating and it's about all these things about how to connect with something that you, you don't understand but, is tr but at the same time is reaching out to you, which I think is a, gr a great um, analogy. Mm. 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 Yeah, that's yeah. A great. It's I, hard to talk about that movie without actually spoiling it, but you, yes, you it right. is. It is. Mm, I, I actually I was I had to Google on my phone because I was like, I'm I'm sure like I'm the, the <laughs> movie that I'm thinking of about Arrival. It's about aliens and stuff. Yes, and I'm not I'm not sure correct. I'm in the loop right now. So I quickly googled it and then <laughs> no, you no, guys mentioned. Oh, it is a rather strange aliens. one to bring up. Um, yeah, I mean we we've also written down Lord of the Rings and Narnia because they both get into Christian details as well, and they're both mm. written by Christians. Yeah, well, I mean the, the, the Chronicles of N the Lion, the Witch, and the Wardrobe is just a basic um, parable. So. Yes, exactly. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, okay, so we've covered uh, Christian movies, Jesus movies, kind of Christian movies. The good, the good ones. The, the good ones, the, right, sure. The good okay, we'll just go, I'll, I'll quickly, before we get into the, the, the Christian, other end Christian movies, the yeah, we'll quickly go through, because also I'd like to talk about Hacksaw Ridge, um, ah, good, yeah, a movie yeah. about a Seventh-day Adventist. Funny that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and one that deals with... Uh, like the, the, the struggles of war, but also mm. the struggles of like sticking to your convictions, which is something that is like, it's a very prevalent topic for a lot of Seventh-day Adventists, but it's also something that we don't talk enough about, I feel. Mm. I don't think it's, it's actually a topic that no one can talk too much about. And if it is talked about, like when I was a kid, it was always, you know, don't do this on Sabbath, you know, and that mm. was the conviction, you know, there was no other uh, kind of driving force behind it other than, you know, your leaders in Sabbath school or the church leaders telling you you're not allowed to do that. Um, and so to see it played out in a film where there was some sort of real conviction behind why this person did what he did is so much more powerful. And what I love about it as well is how personal it is to him. His yeah. conviction not to carry arms is about his really, it's become a, it's become a covenant between him and God. Yeah. Um, I don't know how well the movie actually does it describing that, but you see it play out by his refusal, and I think that's really key. And that that goes back to also a fantastic choice for you know Andrew Garfield getting Andrew Garfield to play this character. He and we, we've seen it in Silence. We've seen it in you know uh, the Social Network. He is a great actor who knows how to portray emotions without using dialogue, without using words. He's a very physical actor, and so he brought that to that role where it needed it the most. Mm hmm. Yeah, I really like Andrew Garfield as an actor. Every every movie I've seen him in, I'm like, wow, this guy's really like convincing me of this person. You know, which I don't, I, I don't know. I find rare. I'm not, I'm not really a movie buff or anything, but I really appreciate him. <laughs> yeah, there's there's a, there's a movie that both Jordan and I are not saying right now, but anyway, <laughs> <laughs> it 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 rhymes with um, Piderman. <laughs> 
Uno and Due. <laughs> <laughs> the uh, blazing Spider-Man. Yeah, the blazing Spider-Man. Yeah, Uno and Due. <laughs> I mean, That's the one. I still liked him in it. I don't know. <laughs> I don't He's care. not I don't the problem with those. Don't, don't trigger yeah. me, Josh. Don't trigger me with this. Yeah, this, this is an easy. This I can, is an easy I one. I can go on for hours about those two movies. We definitely do not, not want that. We do not want that. You do not. I'm warning you now. You do not want that. Um. Uh, okay. I had a slight. Um, <laughs> oh dear. Um, I wrote down a few more classic movies because there are actually a lot of classic movies that, because of the time that they came out and they deal with Christianity in a much more. Um, I don't know. Traditional main... sense. Yeah, it's much traditional sense. Yeah. So we've got Ten Commandments, which is an epic. Mm-hmm. Uh, Ben-Hur, the classic. Um, oh. Sound of Music. and oh, uh, The Sound of Music. How does that How does that qualify? She's a nun. Oh, I suppose, yeah. So it's it's one of those movies that's like, it's not about Christianity, but Christianity is there. Yeah. Um, well, I... her convictions allow, you know, the, the rest of the story to unfold as she, you know, not just saves these kids from you know the, the nazis during the war and all that other stuff but it also shows that she actually brings the family together through a lot of those similar ethics and morals mm. that the christian church has but championed that, for decades is that, is that also an indication of the time period when the movie was made as in yeah oh, it is it definitely a time definitely. where christianity Even, was much more integrated into western society of course and i feel like i feel like a lot of those classic films kind of displayed that. Um, Ten Commandments is another one that really shows the hard-nosed conservative view of, of Christianity, I feel. It's a great movie, though. It is a fantastic film, if you've got the time to watch it. Yeah. It's a very long <laughs> film. <laughs> all right. What else, uh, so is that all you have on that particular? Well, that's the good movies. Yeah, now we, now we get into the heavy topic. I'm just going to let Jordan take control oh, of it. Oh, boy. Uh, oh Where do we start? <laughs> so, this, um, so this this is the category of overtly Christian movies for Christianity's sake, correct? Yeah, that is correct. This is the film where uh, preaching to the choir has never been more of an appropriate term for these films. <laughs> um, these films tend to be, like, they have the hallmarks of um, a preaching series a ministry series except there there's nothing challenging about them there's nothing that really says anything new to the audience so it's kind of like a confirmation of beliefs um and kirk cameron i don't know if you guys are familiar with this guy but nope. kirk cameron uh was a child actor and he's he's become an uh, uh an evangelist uh and he's he's done um a certain film that a lot of people are very unhappy with it came out a couple of years ago called saving christmas and the synopsis was a very <laughs> short one and it was putting the christ back into christmas and oh. this film has a 0% rating on rotten tomatoes 0% is it ha- 0% is that even possible uh, well, uh, it definitely is. Thanks there to are, Kirk Cameron. There are actually quite a few movies that have 0% on Rotten Tomatoes. Okay, it's, actually, it's quite interesting to look it up, actually. Um, we're actually we, we were actually thinking of doing a, a podcast series on, on the 0%ers oh, uh, at so a later Please date. Please do. <laughs> um, but he's done, he's done uh, Saving Christmas. He's done Fireproof, which is another one that kind of a lot of Christians really liked and a lot of other people just kind of let slide. Like, I watched it. I didn't feel it was that bad of a film, ironically. That's um, the thing. A lot of these movies by these companies. Uh, what's the well, uh, well, f- first of all, um, there's another film coming out, and we've talked like we can talk all day about God's Not Dead, um, and God's Not Dead Two, and God's Not Dead Three, and God's Not Dead Four, 
the undeadening. Yeah. But we <laughs> we, <laughs> the, <laughs> we should talk about the producers behind those films in particular because they are called Pure Flicks and they are actually uh, owned by the WWE. So the wrestling... Can you smell what the Pure Flicks are cooking? <laughs> <What>? <laughs> actually? <laughs> actually, actually, they're owned by the wrestling corporation that produces these soap operas for men. Um, oh. And... And they, like, I mean, Jesse, you were talking earlier about how you had actually seen an interview with one of these guys, and he was talking about how, you know, it wasn't supposed, like, it, there's no nothing groundbreaking about the story. It's literally just about preaching to the choir. I think it um, was Kirk Cameron that I saw, I'm pretty sure. I'm, oh, it was Kirk Cameron. I'm pretty well, sure either, it was. either way, that seems to also be the MO for Pure Flix as well. Because if you take a look at a lot of their, their films the topics that they deal with, if you're looking at it from a Christian perspective, a purely Christian perspective, uh, they are dealing with... <laughs> name drop. They're dealing with um, problems that churches wish a lot of people outside the church have to deal with because they have easy answers for them to give them, if that makes sense. So a lot of the time they're dealing with, oh, uh, should like this girl really likes me you know, should I wait for marriage or should I just... But in, you know, real life, anyone outside of the church, you know, they go straight to having sex on the third date usually. Um, it's not. It's a non-issue for a lot of people outside of Christianity for those issues, you know what well, I mean? Well, I don't know. Is it just people outside of the church that have those issues? Anyway, that's probably a podcast unto itself. That is, but at the same time, like a lot of the ethics and moral problems that, that people inside the church face then they're completely different to a lot of people outside of the church. And so when you try and tackle things in that mindset, you can kind of get yourself a little bit lost down the rabbit hole and kind of almost distended and separated from the rest of the audience in which you're trying to reach. Um, my biggest problem with these movies has always been that they just don't know what real life is like. That's my <laughs> problem. It's like they they have this airy fairy opinion of what christian life is or what mm. christian life should be and it's so far removed from reality it's just it gets it's it's like when you take a bite out of like a lolly and you're just expecting it to be like flavorsome and it's just pure sugar and it's like uh, you just try and not vomit <laughs> because it's just it's sickly sweet it's so operatic and it's um it's preachy preachy mm. in the most most great grandpa reading you a story which is just actually immoral at the end sort of way and yeah. that's why you always leave a note <laughs> and i think um, i think I, yeah. I think god's not dead is a great example of that you know like the whole premise of the movie is ridiculous like i don't know that any philosophy professor in any university anywhere outside of maybe North Korea or whatever, <laughs> I, I don't. Good point. You know, you're in a you're in a dicta dictatorial country. Maybe they can do this, but like in a in a Western country, there's no philosophy professor that's going to say you have to say God's not dead, otherwise I'm going to fail you just because I don't like your opinion. Like that is, and that's that's the, the insane is, thing yeah. because it's actually based upon a true story that happened to this kid in America. I'm I'm not even kidding you. Like there's this there, there was a student. I don't believe that. No, I'm serious. It was based, and I'm gonna say loosely based on a true story. <laughs> but here's the thing: that kind of that kind of a thing happening, it it also feels like this film has blown up a lot of those issues into things that 
you know, are huge problems for its characters. But in real life, they're probably not that big of a deal for these these real people that went through them. Um, and it's just over-dramatized for the sake of the film. And I don't feel like that is being honest. I don't feel like it's actually giving credence to the people that actually went through this kind of stuff. And if this did happen, uh, it's not the way that it happens in the film. <laughs> My, that's another good point, though, is these films, they feel like they're meant to be designed to create a discussion, but they don't create a discussion. They just turn people away. Well, one of the worst instant instances of this, I watched God's Not Dead 1 when it first came out uh, with uh, a friend of mine. And afterwards, we just kind of looked at each other and shook our heads because at the very end of this film, um, Newsboys, who are a very popular Christian mm. band, they're uh, heavily involved with the first film. I'm not sure about the rest of them because I never saw them. Um, but the first film, they have this big concert at the end and they tell the audience, guys, you know, text 10 people in your in your uh, messages and tell them that God's not dead. And the crowd goes wild. And meanwhile, this whole concert is intercut with one of the main characters from the movie. And it's the 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 uh, lecturer who the challenges the kid. The evil atheist. The evil atheist. And the evil atheist gets in a car accident and he's lying on the road dying. Oh. And the, the preacher character in this film comes up to him and he and his assistant are looking down on him and they kind of kneel down and they hold his hand and the guy says, and no context whatsoever, the guy says to him, "Do you, there's still time. Do you accept God as your Lord and Savior? Oh. And, and the, the, the lecturer just kind of looks up at him and he's like, yes, and then he dies. Like what? What kind of a message is that for then, for and, the rest and, of the world to get? And then the preacher and his assistant they walk away happy. They're not they're not yeah shocked exactly or it's, or there's, just traumatized that they just witnessed a guy dying. They're only just happy because they saved him literally on his deathbed. That's all they care about. It's like it's an ego trip. It's not mm. it's not about exactly. It's not actually about saving someone's life or bringing them close to God. It's about Oh, we were right, you were wrong, which is not never meant to be our message, ever. And that's where it gets so twisted with these movies because if you are living a Christian life, if you are surrounded by Christian people, if all you've ever understood or resonated with is in the vein of Christianity, it can be really easy to be turned around by something claiming to be Christian because you don't have that base level of you know, okay, this is what the rest of the world is going through. These are problems, these are issues. Here's mine. They're different, and I can tell the difference between the two. Instead, they look at all those problems, and they go, oh, well, you know, that's just the world burning. It's not my problem. <laughs> and mm. it's just, it's so disheartening, especially when I see, you know, Christian people celebrate these films like they are something to be kind of held up on the pedestal of ethics and morality, when in reality they're preaching a terrible message, not just to Christians, but to people outside of the church. What, what these yeah. movies, like, if you, if you take it, watch these movies from a non-Christian perspective, what it's telling you that is that Christians don't care about you, they just want you to be one of them. That's like, isn't that the worst thing you can ever say to someone? It's like, oh, we don't care about you. Come and join our club, our cult. Yeah, exactly. Uh, that, 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 that's what these movies are sort of saying about what we believe to yeah. other people, which isn't just bad. It's, it's actually actively... It, it, it would actively make someone an atheist if they were 
non, if someone was non-religious and non-atheistic, if they, they weren't a believer at all, and they saw this movie, they would probably be more likely to turn to atheism than Christianity. Mm. Wow, that's really hard-hitting words, but I think it's it is pretty true. Like now that I think about it, I mean, I haven't seen the God's Not Dead's movie, but just by what you're saying, I'm like, wow, that's so true. <laughs> um, <laughs> I think as well, even like, I was thinking about um, the movie War Room. Um, yeah, no, that's, I, yeah, that's another one. Yeah, that, that funnily enough, one, yeah. I actually enjoyed the movie when I first saw it. Not because I th- I didn't really see it as a movie, but I saw it like, oh, I feel good now. You know, it's it's encouraging yeah. me to go and pray, which was really helpful. I thought about it afterwards. I think I watched it a second time with somebody, and then I thought about it afterwards, and I'm like, actually, this is kind of portraying God as like Santa. Like, if I pray hard enough, he'll answer all of my yeah, prayers. Yeah, yeah. Um, there is um, an interesting little, like, that just reminded me, because I, I used to do uh, a lot of uh, youth camps for uh, the Seventh-day Adventist Church back in the day where I'd be uh, either a musician or a, or a um, an actor for the dramas or, or you know, whatever. Um, and on a lot of the ones that they used to do, I'm not saying that they do that now per se, but what they used to do was the very last two nights of those camps, they were the call to action nights. So you know, the, the night would reach an emotional crescendo and then the, the, the teens and the youth were asked to come up and devote their lives to Christ or devote their lives to Bible reading or, you know, just to, just to put their hand up and say, yes, I will be a part of this. Um, and that, that kind of, these films kind of remind me of that because they do play on emotion and they do play on a lot of those insecurities that come along with that. And so when they do have a call to action, like text 10 of your friends from your phone that God's not dead, or, you know, if you pray like really hard, then good things will happen to you. A lot of that is just them using a lot of the emotions that they've tried to get you to feel throughout the film to, to give them what they want, which is your devotion. And that is such a dangerous message to portray to people outside of the church. Because for me, when it comes to, bringing people into the church and stuff. It's very personal. It's very one-on-one between people. It's never been about um, one in a crowd being emotionally blackmailed by a certain event. Or ticking the boxes. Like we've got 100,000 people to say yes to God over the past two years. Yay us. Um, And I often see these movies in the same light I see televangelism. It's it's not about... um, it's about it's more about the individuals making these movies ego than it is about the actual act of Christianity in its purest form. It's it's not about bringing people into the church. It's about yay us. It's about a celebration of us. Like when you, I, I have the same sort of experience with an old Christian movie. I can't remember the name of the movie. It's like I saw it. And it's like yay, we made a movie. Good for us. <laughs> But yeah. then later on, you realize, hang on a sec, this movie sucked. It's like, <laughs> <laughs> that's, it's sad, but that's true. This happens more often than not. Yeah. Um, there was a movie, and this unfortunately happens too, that came out a couple of years ago, three or four years ago, um, that was about, um, a, about a Baptist who realized that, um, hang on a sec, in, in the Bible, people don't go into heaven or hell straight away. They, they die, and then later on, they may go into heaven or hell. And it's like, and you're working this out. And it was this... The reason that local Seventh Adventists were getting excited about it, it's like, yeah, this guy's right. Ha ha, in your face, Baptists. It's like this <laughs> theological battle was being waged between certain divisions. And it's just so... It's an uh, ego trip. It's an ego it trip. Yeah. It's so often an ego trip. It's not about what's right or wrong. It's about yay us. Yeah, and I, mm. and I remember, I remember 
when Hell and Mr. Fudge came out. Um, That's yeah, yeah. Edward Edward Fudge wrote a, a amazing book. The his denomination, the Baptist, um, they they sponsored him to to do this huge research, and then he ended up writing this book called The Fire That Consumes, and um, it was it it basically ruined his whole career. And then, mm-hmm. and then um, we we took this on as as Adventists, and um, yeah, it, we did the same thing with Hacksaw Ridge when it came out. I don't know how many conferences and uh, yeah. unions and divisions just jumped on that like a, a fat kid in a in a candy store. You know, I was actually really worried about that movie before I saw it, and even afterwards, um, I saw it. I I still couldn't trust my own judgment because of the preconceived idea that. You know, maybe this is just made to kind of glorify the church instead of what this, like the actual convictions of this man. Um, and I think it wasn't until I saw it a second time, like a year after the film came out, where I was like, okay, good. It's a good movie. I can let that slide now. I can the, let it, I like, I but can what, let it lie. But what Hack does well, which other movies don't do, is it's very personal. It's about the main character's yes. relationship with the people around him and then through God. Yes. So, even though you do, the thing about the movies, you don't actually actually see him. Actually, actually, there are lots of actuallys. Um, <laughs> <laughs> you don't see him um, interact with God one on one a lot in the movie. His actions, although when he's begging one more, one more constantly, mm-hmm. that is. And I mean, that's that's very powerful. And it's great that it's shown. I mean, that's why it's shown. But um, every, his relationship with God is shown through his relationship with other people, and I think that's extremely mm-hmm. important. Yeah. Um. Like that's another good thing to point out. The the crux of that film is is how a relationship with God can impact everything around you. And I think that's the point of that movie. It's not just, oh, this person was a Seventh day Adventist and he was an amazing, you know, hero during the war. No, it's not about that. It is literally just about how his relationship with God defined his actions outside of himself and how it promoted, you know, all this positivity around him as well. Because he didn't need to stay there. He didn't need to save as many people as he did. He could have gotten out, but he chose to stay there and he chose to do the right thing, which is something that all of those other soldiers just weren't able to do. Mm. Mm. One of, what I also like about that movie is it doesn't tell the entire story. There is so much more that what happens in those couple of nights he was there. Mm. So um, it encourages people to go out and learn more about him and then be influenced more by his story yeah. because his story is mm. so fantastic. It's so real that it will bring people closer to God just mm. by being inspiring. And that's mm. what I wanted to bring up as well. The fact that like, if we're comparing Hacksaw Ridge to God's Not Dead or to War Room or to what's the one about saving Christmas? Like, you know, um, is it just saving Christmas? It is saving Christmas. Oh, saving, okay. <laughs> um, I, by I think, Kirk Cameron. I think I think one of the reasons, uh, one of the reasons, and you guys have already laid out so many great reasons why Hacksaw Ridge is such a fantastic film. But I think one of the most compelling reasons for me why that film actually inspired me was because it actually happened versus what you guys have been laying out, which is trying these Christian films trying to portray a narrative that doesn't actually exist. Um, tr- trying to tell a story that actually isn't much of a, a story that people in the real world can actually identify with. You know, if you were to compare God's Not Dead to Hacksaw Ridge, I think Hacksaw Ridge just wins every time because number one, it's an inspiring story. And number two, it actually happened. Like it's so real. 
And I think that that's just one of the biggest reasons why um, that story has just resonated with so many people. I think maybe it's just because it's World War Two, but there's so many Adventist novels I can remember needing. And by novel, I mean true story. Um, from There's one about a German pastor who uh, was mem- a member of the elite SS, and he he had a fake gun during the war as well, and he never shot anyone. True, um, yeah. Uh, what's his, I can't remember his name, but that's also a fantastic story. And the, um, there are plenty of great Christian stories out there which aren't being told. And that's sad. Like, if we have a, one of the key things I think as a Christian is to have, is to find the great Christian stories which are out there and then tell them. I think that that's one thing that I think is one of the greatest shames about mm. Christian cinema is the fact that it's not telling these great stories. And I think also. Like for me personally, I would much rather see more uh, more fictional narrative that tells uh, truth in 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 the Christian film circles. Uh, I think so much of you know science fiction and fantasy tends to be downplayed by the church because it's seen as just pure lies, um, and that is unfortunate for me. I, I feel like you know we've got so much more room to tell truth through these mediums through you know fantasy and science fiction that we we have you know the imagination we have the creativity we have the people who want to make these things but the the body of christianity is refusing to to allow our truth our our convictions to go through into these films into these tv shows um and i think that's just such a shame especially when you see that i think one of the great things about jesus is that he used creativity to influence people like parables are telling lies to to tell the truth yeah that's exactly what they are they are stories to influence people towards a moral truth here's a soundbite for you jesus told lies to tell the truth (laughs) see how many hits you get off that yeah (laughs) (laughs) well i even think about the the stories in the bible too and compare them to a lot of the modern christian films and a lot of the stories we have in the Bible are stories of God impacting people's lives, but they're not necessarily always happy endings or the endings mm. you expect. Like it's not a well-tied oh. bow or something. Imagine you know, you a movie about Abraham. Of, well, yeah. Or even a, the story about... Um, Job? Uh, jo- like Jonah. You know, like yeah. Jonah, he never really even changed at the end. He was just a miserable, angry guy and God Crotchety still used old him man. and he stayed that way. I think... Jonah's great because more than any other story, it shows how humanity sees God and how God is greater than that. And I mean, Mm. Jonah would be a great movie to have. It would be in a fantastic film. Like just because like we don't really get into any detail over who God is in that story. Just that he is, you know, this all all powerful, all knowing person or, or entity that, gives Jonah chance after chance after chance after chance after chance. And it's just, I, I love it. It's one of my favorite stories. I think it, what it's, yeah, to me it's great because Jonah's, Jonah's very character, he is a man running away from God and God never lets him down. He's a real yeah. man as well. I yes. think that's something to be pointed out. He's not some sort of uh, airy-fairy Christian who has this weird idea of how the world works. He knows how the world works. He even runs away because of how the world works. 
Um, he I knows love how, how he's going to be treated. I like, love how disappointed he is when Nineveh isn't destroyed. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> that's great. And how true is that to so many people in the church who, like, you know, they, they get offended by something and they, oh, wish that didn't exist or, uh, you know, they don't deserve forgiveness mm. or they don't deserve this or that. God will never take this on board or God will never allow this person to move past this. And then when God does, they go, oh, well, that's, that's not God. That's just a mistake. <laughs> that's something else. Um, and it's, yeah. it's, it's so human and it's, it's so real, even though like there's a lot of debate, um, that, that circulates around the story of Jonah and saying that it is more of a parable than something that was a real thing. There is truth in that character. There is truth in his reactions to the situation and there's truth in his relationship with God. Yeah, I think you're right. Yeah. God is often portrayed as only ever loving or only and and he is love at that at the core of his being but god's character and his personality is so nuanced i mean god in the story is the god who wants to destroy an entire city with a fireball from heaven like you can't get (laughs) more old testament than that but at the at the same time when the people of nineveh you know they 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 humble themselves and they cry out with sackcloth and ashes and and they beg God for forgiveness. He just completely turns into a big teddy bear and says, "You know what? I'm your father. You are my children. Even though you've gone in a horrible direction, I'm going to be incredibly merciful to you." So God mm. is both, and like I think it just illustrates to me that God cannot be pinned down to one thing or the other. He is the he's the transcendent being that cannot be yeah. comprehended or. Or, or ad- adequately measured with words. I think a lot of the Old Testament, I mean, it's so grandiose in man, many of its moments where it, I mean, it, we make great cinema. Yeah, like a lot of the stories, especially in the first half of, of, of the Old Testament, are just so, like, it's it's thick with narrative. You've got, you know, some stories that only span like two verses and others span, you know, 12 pages. And it's 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 crazy how much they have to say and this this goes also back to the way that uh the jewish people would would display their ideas and also hand down their beliefs to other generations what they would do is um their culture is heavily invested in narrative and story um and i was recently reading a book uh called at the feet of of the rabbi jesus and it goes through how narrative um was used in that culture to be able to portray ideas and not just the narrative of spoken word, but also the narrative of symbolism. Um, like the, the wrapping of these, these, uh, these little boxes that they would put on their heads and on their arms to display their devotion to God and mm. the reciting of poems and the reciting of prayers that spoke so much more about their belief in one word than we can surmise in a paragraph. And these mm. things are like, I mean, we talk a lot about how uh, Hollywood is the devil and Hollywood is evil and all that other stuff <laughs> in, the, in the church, but ultimately Hollywood grew out of out of uh, Jewish symbolism, out of Jewish storytelling. Um, the the Jewish people have been spoken about as being the backbone of how Hollywood began, and it's so prevalent in a lot of those early films. How narrative has influenced, uh, has been influenced, sorry, by their culture um, and by their beliefs. Yeah. Also, I think in cu- in today's culture, a lot of Old Testament stories are out there, but not completely understood anymore. I think so many of them are taken out of context. Whereas if they were actually shown on the big screen in context, it'd probably do them a world of good. I mean, how many people see Sodom and Gomorrah as just an example of God's hatred towards things? 
mm. people of yeah. maybe the gay influence. Whereas what it's actually about is, in my head anyway, it's between Abraham and the story is about Abraham and God and how Abraham manages to save one person from that city, even though he was still. I mean, there's not a lot to say about Lot. That's good, but um, <laughs> but he's still like his forgiveness knows no bounds. I think is is like a big part of that story, um, and and it's it's just it's crazy how we kind of take things at face value when we read stuff, especially the Old Testament, um, when we're completely missing a lot of the points that are there. Like I remember reading like those little kids books and stuff about Noah and Abraham and all that other stuff and quite often Noah and the ark is displayed as this you know tiny five by four boat with all these animal heads sticking out of it and you know Noah's just uh just standing there on top waiting for the rains to go away and it's it's ridiculous because that's like I mean we all know that that's not accurate we all know that he needed a boat that was big enough to you know carry all of these animals but at the same time we're displaying this this crazy, airy, fairy, funny, comedic version of of events when that wasn't the point of the story to begin with. Mm. Mm. Um, um, a, a couple of movies I'd like to bring up, which before, I mean, before, before we move on, <laughs> um, what, Morgan Freeman's God and he retires. What's the oh um, the the Bruce Almighty. the Jim Carrey the Bruce, Bruce Almighty? Almighty. Yeah. I think it's one of those weird movies which. Um, I love that movie. It's I just want to say that. That's one of my yeah. favorite It's actually a really good films. movie. And I think what is good about it is it, it shows good God and actually mostly a good light. And yeah. it, it does deal with genuine issues that happen. Through the yeah. through the physical comedy of Jim Carrey. Yes. <laughs> no, that yeah. that's a good example. That is a good example. Um was there anything else? We we do have to start wrapping up. Um, but was there anything else that you wanted to touch on before we get into the the wind down for the conversation? No, it's just great to talk to both you and Josh. Oh, oh, <laughs> yeah. thanks, Scotty. I feel I, I, I second I feel that. Heartwarmed. No, it doesn't count, Jordan, because you seconded it. It only counts if you're the first. <laughs> Damn it! <laughs> All right, fine. I I I I just like hearing the sound of my own voice. How about that? <laughs> Uh, we Perfect. All, we think we and because we that. like hearing the sound of our own voices, we'll be sure to catch this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> I, I do have one question before we um, before we close up. As mm-hmm. as as we've kind of talked throughout this whole conversation, we've come back to this central theme, which is the way that we watch and we view cinema and television, and how a lot of people watch it through uh, perhaps an un, an an unhelpful lens. Um, what if you could say anything to a random Christian, let's say, um, about the way that they consume media, whether it be film, television, books, or whatever? I mean, you guys are in the film, television scene, so let's let's stick to that. Uh, how would you advise somebody to process um, film and TV? Okay, um, well, I think we both have our opinions in this, but for me. <laughs> It's the same I'd talk to anyone about it, which is use critical thinking with movies and with anything. Like any form of entertainment or any form of news that's put across you, think about why think about why it's being what the story is here, what's the narrative, why it's being shown to you. Um, and then if you disagree with those views, think about why you disagree with those views and what you can learn from them. Like even if it's something you disagree with, maybe you can gain something from it and maybe gain a new perspective on things. Um, cool. Look, it's 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 a hard thing to gauge because film is so personal. 
and so often now we see film that is used in a commercial setting that is no longer personal, that's only existing to sell you something. Um, and that's, that's really difficult. And I think if, you, if you're used to those kinds of films, the entertainment movies, you know, the... The, uh, the genre movies. The genre films, the action blockbusters, you know, starring The Rock and uh, <laughs> Transformers and, you know, all these films, it's going to be hard to be able to sit down and actually take on some truth. And for me personally, I've, I've always believed that film is more than just entertainment. It is an expression of a personal viewpoint, regardless of whether the director or the writer is actively trying to show you a piece of themselves, they are automatically doing that just through this film. Um, and I think it's important to be able to look at it from that perspective and, like Scotty said, see things for, for why and how they've been shown to you. Uh, and also take a look at your own, take stock of yourself, take stock of, you know, why are you watching this? Why do you like this? Um, what is it trying to say to you? And why do you agree with it? Or why do you disagree with it? I think those are the most important questions that mm -hmm. a lot of people tend to throw out the window in favor of just switching the brain off and just being entertained, which I'm not against. Like there are some films out there. Skyscraper is a great example that came out last year starring Dwayne The Rock Johnson. <laughs> and I love that movie. It's but terrible. I know, we love it. But I know it's a bad movie and I, I'm okay with that. And I understand why I like it and why I shouldn't aspire to make movies like it. You know what I mean? Um, yeah. <laughs> but those questions I feel are very important and not just for film, but also for television, for um for adverts. For, for, for adverts, for marketing, for, for video games, for books, for novels, for Newspaper. newspapers, for news reports, anything. You need to be asking yourself, why am I drawn to this or why am I rejecting this? Is it me or is it the medium? Is it me or is it the person who made this? And is it relevant for me to like this or to delve a little bit deeper into why it even exists? And mm. I think... Those important. Those are really important questions on anything, really. But I think, especially with film, because it's so mainstream and so discussed, it can lead to having interesting discussions about faith with other people. If you, if an, if you and someone, one of your friends, are watching a movie and it it brings up a moral issue, you can look at it from a Christian perspective. And if they're looking at it from a non-Christian perspective, that can be a fascinating conversation to have and maybe bring mm -hmm. someone into the church. Or at least show your own faith in that manner. I'd also like to add a disclaimer. Uh, just because I just said all of those things about you know personal belief and stuff doesn't mean I endorse any sort of you know uh, off the wall uh, conspiracy theory type <laughs> thinking. Um, I'm not endorsing that. <laughs> don't don't uh, don't think that that's what no, I'm critical saying. thinking and conspiracy theories are quite at odds with each other. They're, they're opposite. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, but on, on that note, I would also like to say that I believe that as Christians, we are, we are called to, to think about things a little bit more deeply in regards to what we believe. Uh, and, and if I was talking to a Christian who um, is interested in trying to understand a little bit more about film, I would, I would point them in that direction. I would point them to, you know, trying to find the motivation to really dig a little deeper and, figure things out not just for themselves but also for the medium in which they're watching hmm. couldn't really have said it good. better myself oh did you want to say something scotty no i, I couldn't have said it better myself <laughs> okay oh sorry <laughs> i misheard you okay awesome well hey thanks so much guys for joining us and um yeah just sharing your your thoughts and being real um it's it's been real good um 
So maybe just to finish off, you guys just want to, um, you know, if people want to find you, if people want to connect to your podcast or um, I believe you're also doing YouTube and Facebook stuff, uh, where do they find you? Absolutely. Well, um, I mean, we're on Instagram at uh, those obnoxious twits. Uh, we're <laughs> You're very flattering of yourself. It's, it's amazing. Yeah. Um, we are also on YouTube. Uh, it's literally just a search engine away. All you have to type in is we movies and we're generally the top spot at the moment. If you're looking on iTunes or Spotify or anything like that. Um, uh, but if you really want to find a little out a little bit more, you can also find us out on Facebook. Uh, and you can also email us as well at, uh, we movies feedback at gmail.com. And if you put a comment on one of our videos, we may give you a shout out. We, yeah, we may. We've been doing shout outs uh, for the last couple of episodes. It's, uh, I mean, I'm sure the one person that listens to us is loving it. Uh, but it, it, it would. We love it, to support other people's egos. That's exactly. really what we live for. I mean, we love our egos and we know that other people love them as well. So we, we are happy to give people a shout out. Hi, guys. This has been Scotty. And this has been Jordan. And we have been Wee Movies taking over this podcast. All right. Well, that was our chat with Scotty and Jordan. How'd you find that, uh, Josh? Man, they just have so much knowledge on this. <laughs> um, I, I love it. It's so it's so cool to me, um, and I'm excited as well to. I think it, I think it's an interesting conversation, which we've sort of touched on in the past about the arts um, and about the Christian message. Uh, I, I think it's really valuable, and I'm I'm really hoping a lot of people r- really see. Um, yeah, really see the value in that conversation. Definitely. And I think if you are a creative, if you're maybe a filmmaker or a musician or a storyteller or you just want to learn how to do uh, the arts, that's probably a really bad way to say it, um, yep. better, I would definitely recommend that after you um, listen, finish listening to this episode, go and check out our interview with um, Stanley Pominowski. Um, he, he was an incredible, um, incredible guest to have on. Um, he's a fellow practitioner in filmmaking and, um, yeah, he's just the man. And also, um, out one of our older episodes with Kira Bullock, who is a musician, who is a creative, um, we talked to her way, way back early last year about creativity, about music, about art and in, in Christianity. And, and that was an awesome, awesome interview. So yeah. 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 So she good. was great. She was great. Um, but let us know your thoughts. Um, you know, you can, yeah, get in contact with us. The best way to find everything is to just go straight to burnthehaystack.org. Uh, you can yep. find links to all of our social media. You can um, contact us as well um, directly through there. Um, so, yeah, hey, get in touch. We love, 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 love to hear from you guys. <laughs> and we also love if you would subscribe to this podcast and leave us a review if you haven't already on whatever podcatching app that you prefer. That is Josh and Jesse out.